final buzzer sounds. We're here to wrap it up. Why not? You're Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home for home search. Well, Whitey Gleason, Eric Paschal was already the answer to a trivia question in the future, way off down in the distance years from now when Chase Center has many, many years under its belt. Ah. The question will be asked, who received the first MVP chant in the history of the building? And uh, the answer to that question will be... The birthday boy, Eric Paschal. But it actually started a little bit last game. It but did. tonight, it really but started echoing through the Chase Center. Tonight, yeah. you could feel it. Tonight, yeah. you could hear it. Uh, it just reverberated through the walls of this building. And there will be another answer to a trivia question asked years from now. And it will be, who was the starting point guard for the Golden State Warriors when they won their first game at Chase Center? And everybody will think it's Stephen Curry. And it will be Kai Bowman. Yeah. The answer to that question. What's Warriors, the matter with an ROI chant for Eric Paschal? Is that just not a good chant? ROI. Yeah, it's, yeah, not okay. a, it's not a great chant. All right. Doesn't have the same rhythm. Doesn't have the same cadence. Doesn't have the same cachet. No, but it might actually happen, and I just don't think he's going to be the MVP. Probably not. But I get it. But a it's hell, fun. But a hell of a performance tonight from Eric Paschal. 36 points, 13 boards. Four three-pointers. We were talking about his three-point shot, and I asked him actually today at Warrior Shootaround, are you, are you concerned about it? Are you working on it? Do you think it'll be fine? And he said, not a problem. I'm working on it. It's going to come. And tonight it came for Eric Pascal. Warriors win 127-118 over the Portland Trailblazers. That's right, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, a team the Warriors last saw in the Western Conference Finals when they were sweeping them out of the playoffs and heading to a fifth consecutive NBA Finals. Nobody from that game for the Warriors played tonight, but the Warriors still were able to get a big win. i got to be honest. I don't know about you. I I didn't see this coming, and uh, not tonight. I'll tell you this. Uh, Obviously, there is no substitute for a championship. There's no substitute for having a team that's winning multiple championships. But for one night, I thought, when you look at the way the fans responded to this team and how much fun the team had, it was a nice antidote for one night to the, the never-ending drama of last year about is KD staying, is he not going to stay? He got into it with Draymond. Just everyone uh, on the bench, on the floor, in the stands tonight at Chase Center, everyone had so much fun other than the Portland Trailblazers. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. It's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason coming to you from Chase Center. The Warriors improved to 2-5 and five on the season as they beat the Blazers tonight. And a big theme from the game Saturday night in this building against Charlotte where the Warriors put forth an an effort very similar to the one they had tonight but went cold and and stagnated in the second half offensively. Just, uh, what, 16 points in each the third and the fourth quarters. So more points in the fourth quarter tonight than they had in the second half. The Warriors with a 40 spot in the fourth quarter tonight. To hang on for the win, the Blazers put 35 up, and and I think you know Portland was probably thinking, all right, 
We haven't played very well tonight, but the fourth quarter we're going to ramp it up, and there's no way these guys are going to be able to score enough to beat us down the stretch. I mean, I think Portland probably thought, well, it's going to be a 35-25 quarter, right. and we're going to get out of here with a with a six-point win or whatever that math would be and, and move on to the next one. But uh, the, the Warriors had a little fight in them tonight, and it started with Eric Paschal, and it continued with Kai Bowman, who, who lit this place up, uh, getting right in the face of, Hassan Whiteside, it lit the Warriors bench up. The crowd was going nuts. And, you know, this team has played with an edge and a fervor the last couple of nights. Look, we know wins are going to be tough to come by, but they've played spirited basketball together uh, in the last two games. Yeah, they've played exactly the type of basketball that Steve Kerr said they had to start playing once we found out how long Steph Curry was going to be out, right? They had to play with desperation. But it's not only desperation – and it's not only uh, with a lot of enthusiasm. They're also having so much fun and not backing down from anyone. Kai Bowman uh, getting into the grill of Hassan Whiteside. That was one of the signature moments of this early season. And the Warriors right now at 2-5, and five, they've got to be the most head-scratching with all the injuries. Uh, interesting, fun 2-5 and five team I think I've ever seen in the NBA. <laughs> right? You got a new arena. You got who are these guys. And what a, what a wonderful night of basketball. Well, and you're also starting to see... A little bit of you're starting to see a little bit of a, a a soul build in this in this arena a little bit. I mean that that's been one of the the questions. Given you know the Warrior fan base has been so great for for decades, and and there were a lot of teams that didn't win a lot of games, and the people showed up, and there was energy in the building uh, over at the old place at Oracle, and and there was such a a conversation about can that translate? And the Warriors have been so good, and and t- tonight and Saturday there was yeah. there was some some genuine joy and a little bit of an edge in the crowd that you know frankly hadn't always been there the last few years when they were playing across the water. Let me ask you this, and maybe this is not a good time to ask this. Is it going to be tricky to continue playing with this type of enthusiasm and energy when D'Angelo Russell is back on the floor because he is more of a deliberate uh, offensive player? I think that's going to be a challenge. And Steve Kerr had said that D'Angelo Russell is, you know, could be coming back as soon as Wednesday in Houston. The Warriors going to Houston and and then Minnesota and Oklahoma City again. He's an All Star, right? There's no way around that. He's an All Star. Yeah, and and I think, you know, the Warriors have they completely stripped it down the last couple of games, right? There, there's no Draymond Green. There's no like. There's just no semblance of an All Star unless you count Eric Pascal as one, and he played at that level. Uh, He's an MVP candidate, I guess, going by the chance of the crowd. In the game uh, the last couple of nights. But, no, it it is going to be a little bit of a challenge because they played, in a lot of ways, they they played team basketball. They moved the ball around. I mean, look, there were some Eric Paschal isos. Let's not, you know, get carried away acting as if they were running their same system. Six guys in double figures tonight, to your point. but. They moved the ball around. Pascal was the, the leader. It's a no-star system right now that they're playing. That's exactly. part of the charm of it. it it's a no-star system, and then D'Angelo Russell's going to have to come back, and you're going to have to fit him in. D'Angelo Russell also plays such a different style himself. Yes. Yes. You know, D'Angelo Bus- Russell is, he's going to get the ball, and he's going to dribble it, and he's going to set himself up, or he's going to set somebody else up. But regardless, he has to have the ball in his hands, and it's, Dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. It's it's kind of that, you know, 
for Warrior fans that have watched them play in the playoffs the last few years, it's it's very similar to the way James Harden will get the ball out there and 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 go to work. Right, right. So that's going to be tricky, but we don't have to worry about that now. And obviously a good problem to have in a way, right? When you've got a team that is missing so many players, if you have a guy who was an all-star and he's due to come back, that's probably a good problem to have. Let me ask you this about Eric Paschal. I find myself wondering here as he puts up another big night, 25 against Charlotte, and then ending up tonight with 36. How come he wasn't drafted sooner? That's a great question, and I was reading a tweet, and I wanted to bring it up from uh, Fran Frischilla uh, of ESPN. Love Fran Frischilla. And he, there was a tweet that a couple of people had repurposed from right before the draft, uh, and it was you know, about Eric Paschal and and why he lasted fell as long as he and, did, and, and, and lasted as long as he did. Before and, the draft, most people saw him as a guy who was going to go in the second round, but I don't think those people saw him doing what he's done the last two nights. No, and, and you know, to for Schiller's point, and, and I'm trying to find exactly where it is here, uh, he, that he was a first-round talent all season. He was knocked uh, in season for not rebounding better. Hmm. Not rebounding better was what Fran Fraschilla had down uh but he was playing 36 a game, 36 minutes a game, handled the ball outside, had to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, his take on it, and this was from June 17th, so a couple of days before the okay. draft, was he's proving in team workouts that he'll help right away. Okay, and Steve Kerr mentioned it again tonight when he talks about Eric Pascal. He says, hey, he was kind of an undersized four, right? And also, so you got a guy who most people saw as an undersized four, and of course we don't know what he's going to be yet. He's just getting started. But his shot, a work in progress, I think he shot 35% for Villanova last year beyond the arc, which is, you know, that's not great. It's not terrible. But you figure, okay, longer three-point shot in the NBA, hmm, uh, we'll see how that goes. So I could see how a lot of teams figured, hmm, work, uh, a shot is a, a work in progress, a little undersized. But the Warriors having, and that was interesting, Steve Kerr saying, look, we know this. We saw this with Draymond, an undersized four with the wingspan like that, a smart player. We can make it work, and so far so good with Eric Paschal, and it looks like the Warriors found themselves another draft steal. 888 Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason uh, here from Chase Center uh, as the Warriors win tonight, their first win at Chase Center, their second win of the season. Uh, 127-118 is the final as uh, Golden State will now hit the road for the next three. But what a, a breath of fresh air it's got to be for the Warriors to get that first win out of the way and not have it be something that lingers. We were talking about it before the game. You know, tonight you're playing a, a pretty good Portland team. You come back in a week, you're playing a pretty good Utah team. I think the next home game after that is Boston, one of the elite teams in the Eastern Conference, although a little bit of a new-look squad. And then the Warriors go on the road again for another week-long trip. And we were thinking, boy, if you don't get one here pretty soon, uh, it may linger as long as three weeks from tonight uh, on a Monday night in that week of Thanksgiving where the Warriors play Oklahoma City in here and then Chicago the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, a, a couple of games that you would figure on paper they'd have a chance to win, but you don't want to have it go any longer than, than it already had without getting right. uh, that first win in this building. Kai Bowman's incredible, and I don't mean to say he's the greatest player I've ever seen or anything like that. He's just such a surprising player. 
uh, for God to seemingly come out of nowhere and play as well as he's played and to play with as much confidence. It's really remarkable. Also, with Kai Bowman as your point guard, now Damian Lee has been playing a lot of backup point guard. Yeah. Remember before the last game, they don't have a backup point guard. He's done a pretty good job. And I think he, uh, what did he have tonight? Uh, Damian Lee had another 16-point night. Yeah, Damian Lee wound up with 16 points, 4 of 8. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, got to the first so a guy who's not really a point guard. You've got to play backup point guard to Kai Bowman, who's our point guard now. And they both played very well. It's really remarkable. We also have a, a scoring controversy. Eric Paschal said during the press conference that they actually credited him with two free throws that Damian Lee hit. So Damian Lee wound up with 18, 18. points. And Eric Pascal wound up with 34. So the original box score, the first one that came out after the game, and the one that we were looking at, 36 for Pascal and 16 for Lee. It's actually 34 for Pascal and 18 for Lee. Okay, I think that means we have to go back and do the whole show over. All right, we have to start the show over. I think I I could be wrong. uh, Yeah, so we just want to you know clear clear that up. Uh, As you listen to 95.7, the game KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio. Dot com sports station. Wow, I actually just did that off from memory. Very good, very you good. Know. It's a night of a uh, 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 amazing. You don't, accomplishments don't think here. you're doing. You don't think you're doing a, a live legal idea at eleven o'clock. It might be the first one in the history of Warriors wrap up. Very well done. I think it's interesting that you talked about Kai Bowman, how he is going to be a uh, the answer to a future trivia question. And I know I'm getting carried away because it was so much fun tonight. But who knows? Maybe years from now, people will. Oh, Kai Bowman. Yeah, that's how it all started with him. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's. It's so early, and we just uh, we're just seeing these guys playing their first few games. I I am amazed at the way he seems to be able to come in here. Give me the ball. You need someone to run point, and he's carving out uh, a career for himself in the NBA before our very eyes. Well, look, the Warriors are going to be playing and, and developing against so Dame many Lillard. players. Yeah. They're going to be playing so many different players here this season as they try and, you know, slog through all the injuries and and build toward the future. There are players on this roster that are playing for spots on next year's roster. Now, what that means, I'm not sure, uh, but maybe we throw that out there at 8 at 8 You know, where, where do you slot Eric Paschal in next year? if you figure that Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are coming back. You know, is Kai Bowman a guy that could be, uh, I think I mentioned this the other night, is he somebody that could be a third point guard? Uh, you know, Kind of a uh, change of pace guy. Yeah or, yeah, or a guy that can beat your backup point guard if you have an injury where maybe you need to slide somebody else up or an emergency like tonight and Saturday. This is an emergency type situation. He can start. And, and be pretty good. That's how you build the strength and numbers aspect of, of what yeah. the Warriors had years ago that that slowly over time, as they became much more a star-heavy franchise and a star-heavy team, they lost a lot of that depth. And then when they had injuries, there was just nowhere to go. All right, looking ahead to next year, Pascal. Is Pascal uh, an off-the-bench, maybe your, your seventh player, maybe your second player off the bench, or is he maybe uh, your four with Draymond as your starting five in some matchups? He's not going to be able to play the three much at all, right? I, I, I know we were I talking MVP think, chance here, but looking ahead and projecting what he could really be on a really good team. I wouldn't think, but if you recall, I mean, Steve Kerr called him an undersized four and then kind of compared him to Draymond a little bit in terms right. of that body type. Uh, I, I don't I don't see him as a three. 
Uh, and I haven't really seen him as a three, but I think they were tinkering around with maybe playing him a little bit at the three, but the injuries have have shuffled that a little bit. I, I do think you could play him and Draymond Green together in some small ball Absolutely. scenarios. And, and Pascal, for a few minutes, did play five tonight when the Warriors went small for a, 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 a short portion of the ball game before getting some, some subs in there. I don't know about you. I think you were a little surprised by the way it went down tonight. I was surprised. And I, it, it looked to me like Portland, uh, at the end of the game, they're a little shell-shocked too, right? And yeah. we know that Charlotte, after the uh, game Saturday, uh, Rozier said, you know, I, I just, uh, with everything going on there, I don't think we really were ready to play this team. We didn't take them as seriously as we would the Clippers or the Lakers. And I think we saw that again tonight. I don't think Portland came in thinking – they had to worry about this team tonight. No, absolutely not. I think Portland came in thinking that that they could play, just kind of hang around for three quarters, and then and in the fourth him. quarter they were gonna they were gonna finish him, and, and Lillard was gonna go off, and it was yeah. gonna be Dame, Dame time, time. And he was gonna be yeah. pointing at his wrist, yeah, and and that was it. Uh, and I think you know it's interesting because it is going to be a different vibe. I mean, one of the things originally coming into the year was, hey, this isn't the same Warriors team that they've had the last few years. But teams are still going to, because Stephen Curry and Draymond Green are on the floor, come at them and come at those two players in particular. So you're still going to get a lot of premier efforts from opponents, only the, the entire team isn't going to be what it was. Almost, a, you know, a, not a good situation for the Warriors in, in, in that respect. But now when you take Curry away and you take Draymond Green away and you take D'Angelo Russell away, I think you're right. I do think teams... Uh, come in and and they're thinking well i mean it's 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 two rookies right and it's glenn robinson who's been in the league for a few years and it's kai bowman who's kai bowman kai, right i mean he's a, a two-way player damian lee's another two-way player uh he's you know alec burks has been a guy that's just you know been a bench player for essentially the entire entirety of his career so i mean it, it it's interesting when you look at it i mean there isn't a much you know they're playing marquis chris yeah. You know, it just, I mean, you look at the nine players that the Warriors had available to them tonight, and it would be hard for a team that, that made it to the Western Conference Finals to, to not come in here thinking, well, this is going to be a, a cakewalk. But what the Warriors are doing is they're, they're starting to show teams that if you come in and you play like that on a given night, they can beat you. And even that is a positive step just when it comes to competitive spirit and, you know, and, 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 establishing some semblance of an identity wide. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much of what the Warriors have done the last two games. And I know they lost the last game. They've only won one home game here. I know that. But it's going to be interesting to see how much they can take from tonight and apply to playing on the road, which is obviously very difficult. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how other teams now start to prepare a little differently for this team because now they have a little bit of a better idea who these guys are and how they play. Last game, we saw it with Charlotte tonight with Portland. Not only who are these guys, uh, you know, they don't have glittering resumes, but also as a team, what the heck are they doing? Now it's been a couple games now. So uh, coming up, Houston, for example, will have a little bit of a better idea what it is that these Warriors, these particular Warriors, who they are and what it is they're trying to do. But as far as an identity, right now it's just play harder than the other team. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here. It's Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home for home search. Uh, we're going to hear from Eric Paschal coming up here. 
momentarily. And we're also, also, we will hear from Kai Bowman, the two stars for the Warriors in this victory tonight over the Portland Trailblazers. So Whitey, Eric Paschal, uh the career-high night uh, and his first career double-double, uh, as he is the first Warrior to have a 25-point, 10-rebound uh, game since Stephen Curry. I remember him. The, the, yeah, the first rookie. Uh, first rookie, okay. Yeah, first Warriors rookie since Stephen Curry. Uh, he did that uh, back in February of 2010. And Eric Pascoe, also the first Warriors rookie to have consecutive games of 25 or more since Stephen Curry did that five straight games in April of 2010. So I know we're kind of kidding about all the MVP stuff, but as far as rookie of the year, for what it's worth, I think Pascal's going to have opportunities here with this current roster. He's going to have opportunities to put up the type of numbers that would make him part of that rookie of the year conversation, perhaps. And I know there's a, it's a pretty good class, and we haven't even seen Zion Williamson yet, so I'm not saying book it, Eric Pascal, rookie of the year, but I think he's going to have chances to continue to do what he uh, did tonight, and, and maybe he's going to be uh, in the months to come. Maybe he'll be at least on the fringes of that conversation. What did you think of the three-point shot tonight? I mean, we were we talked about it on Warriors Live, and, and, and I mentioned it a couple of times. I mean, I asked him about it at, at shoot-around, and he, just, he looked at me like it was no big deal. But the NBA three is different from the college three, and he, he knocked down three in the first – quarter right it was three in the first seven minutes it was really funny because we had of course doing the uh warriors live with jim barnett and we were talking about pascal and his three-point shot and then the game starts and you know poor jim he's got and he loves it but he's got a lot of fans that want to talk to him and it's hard for him to get from point a to point b sometimes because he's got a lot of people that want to talk to him so he came up to sit by us and the game had already started and he comes and he sits down and pascal makes a three and jim turns around to you and i and he says Hey, well, there you go. That's his first three. And we had to say, no, Jim, that's the third. He's, that's the third one he's made tonight. And Jim was looked around like, wait, what? So that was uh, remarkable. Uh, the remarkable thing is that he shot it with so much confidence. And I give you credit, J.D., because obviously you talking to Eric Pascal today about the three-point shot, that's what inspired him to go out tonight and make three in the first quarter. 888 You're the MVP. 957-9570. Let's get to uh, Wonderful Warrior. Wonderful Warrior joins us on the phone lines here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, J.D., I wanted to visit your section, but the game was so good, I could not leave my seat, man. Uh, I didn't know Chase Center could be that loud, but um, I really like the energy and effort this young Warrior team played tonight. They were aggressive offensively and uh, community well in defense and they needed when they needed to rotate they were there as well as grabbing rebounds uh you know whitey you were right um i honestly think that Delo when Delo comes back i really need him to elevate his game to a much quicker high energy level the fast-paced offense that steve kerr likes to play because i think ultimately this type of play is exactly what it'll take for a team to, to be better overall as a team is searching for identity and building chemistry but overall, J.D., you got to love the hustle. Kai Bowman showed this as he took advantage of the moments. And happy birthday to Eric Pascal, who was just super wonderful tonight. Thanks. Appreciate it. Wonderful Warrior checking in. Yeah, Eric Pascal, not big on birthdays. We also learned that about. I'm with him on that. Also learned that uh, in the pregame. Just, you know, woke up, didn't really know it was his birthday. <laughs> He's like, why is my phone? He's like, oh, man, I 
and everybody's wishing him a happy birthday. But he's, you know. It is a pretty cool thing to have happen on your birthday or to do. He didn't have it happen. He did it. No, he, yeah, he went out yeah, and got it. 34 and 13. What do you do when D'Angelo Russell comes back? I think what you have to do, honestly, I think you have to let him play the way he plays and maybe you tweak a little bit. But we know, right, D'Angelo Russell's not going to change the way he plays. And then you hope that he is able to put up big enough numbers so that at some point, uh, halfway through the season or at the end of the year, he's got to put up the numbers that will make him uh, an attractive potential trade piece. There is one option that I do think D'Angelo Russell's return presents the Warriors with here. And look, we're talking about two games, but the the Warriors now at two and five. They've got 75 games to go, so they're going to have to mix and match yeah. and figure Remember, out. Remember, we're playing chess here, not checkers. Different combinations of things. So yeah. I've, I've actually got a, a potential solution that I want to run by you for when D'Angelo Russell returns. We'll get into that. We've got our call of the game coming up. We're going to debut our dirty work dub of the game All right. as well. We're going right. to do that. Nice. It's John Dickinson. It's Whitey Gleason. And you at 888 Nine five seven nine five seven zero Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now back to Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven the game. All right, we got a lot going on here. Brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The Warriors winners tonight over what? the Portland Trailblazers. Warriors won tonight? Quit acting so surprised. They own the Blazers. Come okay. on. You're right. You're right. My they, mistake. They own the Blazers. This is a fifth consecutive win against the Blazers. Doesn't matter who you throw out there. You put the Warrior jerseys on these guys. No matter who they are, they're going to beat the guys in the Blazers That's jerseys. right. Doesn't matter. Just All right. picking up right where they left off for that sweep in the Western Conference Finals back in May. Uh, but no, the Warriors win it 127 to 118. 888 957 9570. A lot to get to here. We're going to hear from Eric Paschal coming up here on his 23rd birthday. Uh, we are also going to debut our Dirty Work dub of the game. Oh, dirty Work awesome. dub of the game. This was, this was a Whitey Gleason idea. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to, to set it up here momentarily. But uh, we want to get back to what I mentioned before the break, which is a possible solution Yes. for, hey, D'Angelo Russell's coming back, and what do you do? And the Warriors have played with this energy. I think you, you, you bring him back, and you welcome him back, and you put him in the starting lineup. I, mean, I don't think I'm not, course, I'm not going crazy, like, you know, bring him off the bench. Oh, or no, no, like no, that. no. I would play him with Kai Bowman. Oh, really? In the backcourt, rather than him with Jordan Poole. I, because I think, you know, Kai Bowman, if anything, he's shown he can shoot the basketball a little bit uh, in the early going. So I would just I would play those two together and, you know, they can kind of I, I would even let Bowman bring up, bring the ball up the court and then get into something where so you're kind of going to share your point guard duties. Yeah, I'm going to just go with two, two point guards, I think. OK. And then you allow Jordan Poole to move to the bench and Poole struggled. Uh, let's be honest, and, and I think Poole maybe is working his way toward a scenario where he's going to maybe need a little bit of the pressure taken off of him. Yeah, he's just not shooting the ball well, and he had 16 tonight, but he got to the line a lot late. He was 3 of 16. Yeah, yeah. so I, I just, I, what do you think of those two playing together? Uh, I 
Well, one problem is, you know, again, defensively, you're kind of compromised because Kai Bowman's small, but I, just about anybody you put out there right now with these guys, you're going to be a little bit compromised defensively. And I think sharing the point guard duties, that could work, but the problem isn't um, who's going to be the point guard. It's what happens to the offensive energy and flow when D'Angelo Russell has the ball. Yeah, and I, and I think what you're going to do there is you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna split it. So maybe, you okay, you minimize that a little bit, but I still think that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got gotcha. you. Interesting. Just a theory, just mm-hmm. a different combination, just throwing it out there. All right. Just play those two together. I mean, you, originally coming into the year, you were going to play Curry together with Russell, and, and Russell was essentially the two guard, even though he's a, you know. And, and then you still have Russell be the backup point guard. As, as what well, you know, Russell's, you know, I mean, he'd be, Russell would sub out and, you know, come back, you know, you, you could do however you want. You could sub Bowman out and bring him, you know, play Russell the whole quarter, sub Bowman out, bring him back, make Bowman the backup point guard. Would you him. ever, in certain situations, go Russell and Poole and Bowman? So Russell eh, essentially would be almost a three, but you're really just having a three guard lineup. I don't know that I love that lineup. I think I'd want a Damian Lee out there, somebody that that, that you, it's been a little bit better shooter to this point. Okay, because you know Russell's he's six five, but Glenn Robinson, you're starting three right now. He's only six six. So, yeah. Okay. I think Glenn Robinson plays a little bigger. So again, it just I it just get two ball handlers out there. I, I like the way Bowman's been able to shoot the ball. So I think you can you know you can just let them right, kind of like play that, off coach. each other. Very interesting. No, you yeah. didn't really like it though. No, I do like it. I just you asked me what I thought. I was trying to look at it from all angles. I think I think it's a creative solution. We'll see yeah, how it it's flies. Yeah, you know, just some different because I don't. I just I'm not sure you can go with Russell and and the energy that he brings, and then Poole if Poole's not going to be making shots. Right. And right now, Poole it's inconsistent as to whether he'll be making shots. And I think defensively, there's going to be issues there no matter what. All right, I'm all again. I'm, just I'm, let's. Be creative. I'm for it. Just being creative. You're not really for it, though. No, I was for it, but then I came up with something maybe even a little more creative, a little more out there, and you just shut that down. You just shot that <laughs> down. You swat. Get that out of here. Yeah, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just Because ah. didn't they start Poole and Curry and Russell one game? Anyway. But yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. That's, that's where I'm going there. They did. Yeah. They did. All right, let's set up uh, Dirty Work Dub of the game. Okay, Dirty Work Dub of the game. The dirty work dub is the guy who takes care of the business that needs to be taken care of without a lot of glory or fanfare. You could almost call this the Dream On Award or the Dreamy Award. The guy who, okay, Pascal, we know, wow, he's player of the game. If he wasn't, it was Bowman. But who was the dirty work dub of the game? The guy who did a lot of things that were necessary for them to play well and win tonight, and maybe uh, you didn't notice a lot of it. For me, the dirty work dub of the game tonight, in 14 minutes, he had two or three shots, he had four rebounds, threw in three assists, five points, made a three-pointer. Marquise Chris would be my dirty work dub of the game tonight. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, because he did a lot of little things in a lot of different categories. And, of course, he and Spellman and Willie Colley-Stein, uh, the three-headed monster center tonight, played pretty well. I'm actually going to go, and this may surprise you too, I'm going to go with Willie Colley-Stein. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, it surprises me only because I know that you are still not sure about his game. I'm going to go with Willie Cauley-Stein, who, who played 15 minutes and did have 10 points, but on 4 of 5. Yeah, that's impressive. He actually ran the floor. There was the first time where he just 
busted right down the middle of the floor to the rim yeah. and was able to, to get a pass and, and, and score there. So I just I, – I, and you look at that center position overall, and you know, it was three guys. You have Marquise Chris play the 14. You have, you know, Collie Stein plays 15. Spellman plays 15. And you you look at it, I mean, they, they got some decent production if you just add up that position together. And while not known as a playmaker, Willie Collie Stein also had two assists tonight. Yeah, yeah. And he's somebody. He's somebody that can keep it keep it moving a little bit. So I think I'm going to take Collie Stein. You took Marquise Chris. Dirty work, double the game. Shouldn't forget about Amari Spellman though, because that 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 three headed. You know, Warriors have had a, at times five and six different players playing center, depending upon the night. But those three, when you've only got nine available, yeah, it's hard for me not to go with Damian Lee because I just. So greatly admire what he's doing as a backup point guard when he doesn't really do that, and he's done that so well. But he had 18 points, so he really played too well to be a dirty work dub of the game because he was front and center for much of the game. 888 It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, your dirty work dub of the game. You can weigh in with that. We still have yet to hear from Eric Paschal, and more phone calls coming up as well. It's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. Warriors Wrap-Up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors win over the Blazers. It's Chase Center win number one, 127-118. The final, the first ever win at Chase Center as Golden State now 2-5 and five on the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Our dirty work dub of the game. Uh, we've given you ours. We can hear yours at 888-957-9570. We still are going to hear from Eric Paschal as well. Uh, but let's get to Andrea on the phone lines. Andrea, you're on 95.7 The Game on Warriors Wrap-Up. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, that was a really memorable birthday for Eric Pascal. Wow. Yeah, he's not a big November birthday 4, guy, though. 1996, turning 23, having an awesome game. And check this out. It's just going to be getting better. He has a lot of positive Mars aspects, which is energy, assertion, and aggression. Really an important planet for an athlete. And you know what it reminded me of watching him tonight? When Jimmy G came to the 49ers, another Scorpio, and he had this major transformational effect upon the entire team. So I'm just really thinking good thoughts. And um, Eric's chart, I mean, super high energy, really positive, um, optimistic, just, you know, having fun, channeling his energy uh, into sports and success, achieving his goals. I mean, this is like what he's been waiting for. Now, Andrea, uh, what if Eric is not, he's just not a big birthday guy, like he said. I mean, did you hear his comments today? He said, yeah, I didn't even know it was my birthday, and people were, you know, people were texting me, and I just, it just kind of low-keys the birthday. That that doesn't matter, right? Because, I mean, you are where you were born, right? It doesn't. Exactly. He can be into it or not, it doesn't matter. That's a good point because Scorpios kind of play it close to the vest. They're very secretive and private. So he does. He kind of like downplays things. But believe me, he keeps track of everything. Scorpios are very powerful and mysterious in that way and very intense. 
Yeah, well, and, and as noted by the fact that, that he knew in the postgame press conference that he was actually credited with two more points than he should have been because they gave him two free throws that uh, I believe it was Damian Lee Damian actually Lee, yes. shot and yeah. made, but they made an error on the on the official box score and gave the points to, to Pascal, and he knew it when he was asked a question about his, about his scoring for the game. He said, no, I really scored 34, not 36. No, Scorpios keep track. And an interesting aside, Mercury, the planet of communication, is retrograde October 31st to November 20th. So these little mistakes and communication snafus and um, technology challenges can occur more frequently during that interval. Now I got to ask you. I got to ask you about. I got to ask you about Glenn Robinson the third. Glenn, Glenn Robinson the third, and and I do have his birthday, and the reason I know is because it's the same as my birthday, not the same year, but 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 Glenn Robinson the third, January eighth, he's uh, nineteen ninety four, January eighth. So what do you, what do you know about uh, Glenn Robinson? And you're also kind of side doing me a favor tonight, Andrea. Oh sure, you're a Capricorn as well. Yes. Oh yeah, January eighth. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, send me a direct message. Happy to share okay. your astrology yeah. birth chart report in much greater detail. Okay. Um, he has one, two, three, four, well, count them, uh, six planets in Capricorn. So that's a lot of planets in Capricorn. So the good news is um, Jupiter's going to Capricorn in 2020. The challenge right now, Saturn's in Capricorn right now. So a lot of hard work and structure and seriousness. Okay. Yeah, that's that's true. That's that does that makes a lot of sense actually, Andrea. When you put it that way. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot for the call. Really appreciate it and we hope you you give us a call again here throughout the season on Warriors wrap up. Yes, definitely enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Andrea. Andrea, check it in. Yes, did you get the information that you needed there? Uh, I think it was hard work and seriousness. Okay. Were the big two things that I was thinking thinking which yeah, I mean that's that's Glenn Robinson the 3rd and John Dickinson. You know, it seems to me, J.D., uh, as you were talking to Andrew and I started drifting a little bit there, and I was remembering, you know, cause the Warriors started three rookies tonight, uh, and I was trying to think, when's the last time a Golden State team started three or more rookies and one? And I think, uh, as best I can remember, it was April twenty second, 2012. They beat Minnesota, and they started four rookies, Mikkel Gladness, Charles Jenkins, Clay Thompson, and Jeremy Tyler. April twenty second, 2012, the last time the Warriors started three or more rookies and won a game. It's been that long. And and if you recall, that was a game that many believed was going to hurt the Warriors' chances to keep their draft pick. Ah. The, the, the pick that turned out to be Harrison Barnes. Harrison they were Barnes, right yeah. on the fringe of having to send that pick to Utah. And they wound up winning a game in Minnesota. That game. 93-88, I think. Yeah, and, and, it, and people were mad. I, if I remember correctly, because that it was like right on the cut line to where, you know, depending upon what happened in the final couple of days of the season, the Warriors may end up not getting that pick. And you think, you know, and it, it wound up working out. The Warriors kept the pick. They didn't have to send it to Utah, turn it into Harrison Barnes, and, and the rest is history. They took Draymond Green later, and, uh, you know, the, the dynasty was built with a number of other moves uh, to be made. But, yeah, that was a, that was a an unpopular win in Warriors lore. What do you think, John Dickinson? This was this was the first ever regular season win at Chase Center. What do you think is the one thing, people who were here, people who watched it, people who listened, what's the one thing Warrior fans will remember the most about the first win at Chase Center? I think there's two things. I think one, it's just, it's Pascal. 
the other thing is Bowman getting into it with Whiteside. Yes, I think so. Yeah. That's because you don't have Pascal. You know, I think yeah, they have 36 or 34, but he played great. But, oh, you should have seen Kai Bowman. Yeah, Kai Bowman, yeah. right? I mean, Kai Bowman initiated that. Whiteside gave that. him a little chicken wing. Yeah, 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 Kai Bowman kind of initiated it, you know, kind of got Maybe, it. yeah. And he kind of got and, and then, yeah. And then, well, you know, you played basketball. People bump into each other in the lane. And we don't yeah. play like that out here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't play like okay. that. Okay, all right. And and so he, yeah, but it was, yeah, he yeah, bumped into each other. And then Whiteside did give him the shot, which yeah. escalated yeah. it. And Kai Bowman said, uh-uh. That's, that's right. not that's right. we don't we don't play like that. And out it here. ignited the whole place. It ignited the whole place. So those are the two takeaways for me is Pascal uh and just his unbelievable game on his birthday and Kai Bowman getting right in the grill of Hassan Whiteside. Yes, yes. So where do the Warriors go from here out on the road now and all the challenges that the road presents, especially to a young team. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about that coming up. But, but first, uh, let's go ahead and hear from Eric Paschal. Well, we, we've, I think, delayed that long enough. Uh, it's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We still have our call of the game to get to, uh, which we will hear momentarily. Uh, but let's go ahead and hear from Eric Paschal following the Warriors' 127-118 win over the Blazers. Eric, what do you think has allowed you to come in and have this kind of success this early? Um, I would say confidence, but uh, confidence in myself and confidence in my, te- in my teammates having me. I mean, they just do a great job of uh, finding me. And my bad, I'm kind of out of breath. I was just lifting. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they, my teammates do a great job of just finding me and – they allow me to go make plays, and Coach Kurt does the same, just allows me to go make plays, play calls for me, and try to take advantage of it, try to make the right play, and I had a hot end tonight, so finally hit my first NBA three. But it, it just feels good to get a win. I mean, like I said, uh, yesterday we just got to put a full game together. We got to keep playing hard, have fun. I feel like tonight uh, we, we had fun, man. We just had fun playing together. I mean, Dame had a hell of a night, but found a way to pull it out in the end. And uh, I feel like we just did a great job. How much you putting up in the weight room after the game? Oh no, it's just like a little little injury prevention stuff, man. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, all right, r- real question. Um, you had some success in ISO last game, and uh, you know it, it was one game. But did you notice the difference? You obviously had success tonight, but did you notice the difference in how teams were playing you? If they're loading the defense to you at all, and and how did you adjust to that? Um. Uh, like I said, uh, I knew I knew I had to hit a few jumpers, so I definitely uh, felt like the, that opened stuff up for me. But again, my teammates did a great job finding me. Uh, they actually got the stat sheet wrong. I had 34. They gave me Damian Lee's last two free throws. <laughs> <laughs> Still looks good, but nah. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, they just did a great job finding me. Uh, I feel like that's that's just who I am. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a complete basketball player. I could score. Most of my life I've been a scorer. But, of course, uh, with different levels of, of basketball, you got to adjust your game accordingly. So uh, through college, I was a defender. Senior year, I became more of a scorer. But, I mean, I, I feel like I've been scoring my whole life. So, like, I feel like, like again, my teammates did a great job of just finding me and uh, giving me that confidence, and I feel like you you got to feel like you're the best player out there to play this game. I mean, it's a doggy dog world, and the NBA is if you if you're not the aggressive, you're gonna get ate alive. I mean, there's there's some real killers out there, and 
if you look down the line, the All-Stars and all that. So, like like tonight with Damian Lillard again, he he had 39. Like if you don't if you don't come back at him, if you if you're scared, you're gonna get eaten alive. So, I feel like you just gotta go out there, and feel like you're the best anyway. Did you decide to throw a birthday party for yourself in front of 18,000 people before <laughs> before the game during the first quarter? I mean, when did this decision come? Honestly, I. I came in the game not even thinking about any of that. I came in the game just like, all right, let's 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 play hard. I mean, it is my birthday. I, I said during the interview earlier, I said this is a great birthday gift. But, uh, again, I owe it all to my teammates, man. My, they, they give me the confidence. They give me uh, all the confidence in the world to go out there and play my game and not shy away from the moment. And uh, to see that, especially in these – especially dudes that's been in the league this long, they – Giving me the ball, saying "Go, go!" So I mean, that's great. Uh, I love it. Uh, these great. We have a great young group of guys that just want to play, play together, and play hard. You got shout outs tonight on uh, back here. Oh my bad. From uh, Steph Curry on Twitter and Donovan Mitchell on Twitter, and even uh, Ronnie Lott gave you a shout out. Uh, what What do you think about the, that response and the reaction that I guess you're about to find out more that you're getting tonight for your performance i didn't even know that ronnie lott that's that's a pretty big one for me man i mean he was a hell of a player but uh just to see donovan i mean that's my best friend i mean me and him grew up together damn near damn near brothers and uh steph just supporting is always great to have man a guy like that but uh it's great to see people just uh seeing seeing what i could do and, and giving me praise for it i mean i feel like i've been underrated my whole life and uh, just this opportunity is amazing. I mean, it's not not a lot of times where a rookie gets to play forty minutes against the Trailblazers, Dame and CJ. So that to see that and give it the opportunity, you just gotta try to make the best of it. You had thirteen rebounds tonight. You think that might like raise the expectations and rebounds going forward? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, you know, it's crazy. No who's gonna be real proud of that is my dad. My dad. Y'all, y'all have no idea. My dad gets on me so much. Rebound the ball, rebound the ball through college, high school. So I know tonight he's gonna see that and be like, "You should get 13 a night." Then, so uh, he's gonna be on me about that. But I feel like uh, I was just very aggressive. I just had an aggressive mindset to go get the ball and try to win the game. I mean, uh, I try to go out there and win every day. So uh, that was a great thing, Eric. Did you hear the MVP chants from the crowd? Yeah, that was a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. I, no, honestly, like, for a rookie, like, you hear an MVP, that's that's a wow moment. Like, in my, like I was more focused on the game because I was like, all right, we have a chance to win right now. Like, but to hear that, I mean, I, I just think Dub Nation, honestly, just uh, for believing in me. And, again, it goes to my teammates. I mean, I feel like my teammates did a great job just finding me out the whole night and allowing me to have a game like this. Eric, a couple questions. Um, you kind of, you kind of brushed off questions about, or concerns about your three-point shot earlier this morning. Did you make it a point to come out and hit three of them in the first quarter? Um, no, uh, I just knew I haven't hit any, so it's just like defenses are going to give it to me. I have confidence in myself to make three-point shot, so I took them, and they started dropping early, and uh, I continued to have a hot hand all night. And then second question, why is why does your dad focus on rebounding so much? Um, my dad just sees me as a, a big athletic guy. 
and uh, he sees like you should be able to go get rebounds. I mean, you have dang near 40 inch vert. I'm, this is all stuff he says, so this is not even coming from me. But you have dang near 40 inch vert, strong, go get rebounds. So that's why he he's on me a lot about it. So we're learning a lot more about Eric Pascal here, and and I think boy, if you're a Warriors fan and you're driving home, you're listening to the radio, listen to him. I mean, if you weren't a fan of his before, I mean, I think you are now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's maybe it's a great athlete thing. It was interesting to hear him say that uh, he had been lifting, so he scores 34 points on his birthday, and then he's lifting, and it's it's curious to me because typically after our shows here, the post game show. Tim and Alex and Nash and I, that's what we do. We'll go to maybe Alex's house, hang out in his garage, and we, we lift after the game. So, well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's typically what we do. Yeah, I, I, I never do that. But yeah. I know that's why we don't invite you. Yeah, but. no, you just, you just, I'm, I'm the other way. I'm like, what can I do to, what can I do to do anything? But well, you lift? do the heavy lifting during the show. Nah, that's why, that's so. it was, yeah. But, yeah, I yeah. mean. He, 13 rebounds. And he knew he didn't have 36, yeah. which we had already alluded to. But to hear him, I mean, just always in tune. And most impressed with the Ronnie Lott shout-out. Yeah. Which I think is something that will endear himself to Bay Area fans yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. yeah, Steph, whatever, he's my teammate. Donovan Mitchell, we go way back. We're, we're best friends. Uh, which is, is something new. Didn't didn't know that. And then Ronnie Ronnie Lott, though, wow. Yeah, it's That's, it's clear that these young warriors are embracing uh, the the message that Steve Kerr has given them that you you have to play harder. You can't back down. You can't let up one game, one minute. And Eric Pascal, as now he's emerging as he's the leader of this team right now, right? The group that we saw tonight. He's the leader of this team, and he's setting the tone in that department. It's Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. 4-99, Bowman with a dribble to Pascal. Pascal up top, shoots over Hood. It's a three, and it's good! It's good for Eric Pascal. Largest lead of the night for the Warriors right now at 107.99. All right, make sure to tune in tomorrow morning. Joe Lowe and Dibs, 95-7 the game at 9.30. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you will win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, 9.30, right here on 95.7 The Game, if you can correctly identify the call of the game. We also want to let everybody know that Eric Paschal is going to be joining Jolo and Dibs tomorrow at 9 a.m. Impressive. So listen in for Eric Paschal with Jolo and Dibs tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. right here on 95.7 The Game. Could it get any better for him? 34 points. It's my birthday. Now I get to go on with Joe Lowe and Dibs. It doesn't get any better than that. And and actually, uh, the Schroeder's giveaway, it's actually $100. I've been notified that it's actually $100. It's not $50. Tremendous. Speaking of numbers, the one number that jumps out at me tonight, so many wonderful numbers. And, of course, what the Warriors did tonight, it uh, it exceeds any, any number. But they committed a season low. 
10 turnovers. You're playing with a backup point guard as your starting point guard, a guy who's not a point guard as your backup point guard, 10 turnovers for the Warriors, uh, a season low. Very, very impressive. Yeah, and I think the Warriors' defense is getting a little better. It Isn't looks it? like yeah, it, a little, unless a it's little. a coincidence that two teams in a row shoot way below uh, what they had been shooting uh, from the three-point line against the Warriors because Portland came in at uh, just over 40%. Tonight they were 32.5%. Let's go ahead and hear from Kai Bowman before we get out of here. We'll look ahead to the road trip to Houston and Minnesota and Oklahoma City before the Dubs are back here a week from tonight. Uh, Kai Bowman following the Warriors' 127-118 win over the Blazers. He goes for 19 points, 8 assists, and here is one of the stars tonight for the Warriors. Hey, Kai. What do you think of the decision-making down the stretch in this game and then making the fourth quarter your biggest quarter with 40 points? Uh, I think it's big for the team. Uh, just knowing uh, last game we got a little out of hand uh, at the end, so just knowing uh, the right decision, not trying to always make the home run pass was big for us, so just keeping it simple to come out with a win. What happened on that um, play with uh, Whiteside? You knew I was going to ask. You knew I was going to ask. What, uh, what happened on that play? Laid it up, and then he just, like, I was, like, trying to get in front of the ball because I'm picking up 94, so just staying in front of the ball till they take it out was what I was going to do and uh, making sure uh, Damian didn't get it. But he bumped me. Then, like, I wasn't, like, paying attention to the first bump. Then he bumped me again. So that's when I was like, all right, it's time to, like, I know I'm a rook, but. I don't get pushed around, so that's just just me. But uh, and then the team just got the energy off of it. Kai, following up on that, what did it mean for you to have the entire team clear off the bench to to have your back in that moment? I mean, it means a lot. Uh, I mean, we lost some uh, games down the stretch, so uh, we was all we got really. So just knowing that each other got each other back, so that's big for us. I just kind of crazy of the past couple of weeks been for, for you going back from Santa Cruz to starting lineup. Um, just how have you handled all that? Uh, preparation and opportunity is the biggest thing. Uh, down to Santa Cruz for uh, not even a whole day, probably like half a day. Uh, practice with them came up, uh, played that night. So, I mean, it's just been up and down, uh, but also been positive. Uh, just knowing that you got an opportunity with one of the best, uh, great team in the league. So, this opportunity is big for me, but also big for the uh, un, uh, the younger guys in the league right now. Hey, Kai. Um, you've gotten, obviously, extended minutes the last couple of games, but you've done a really good job taking care of the ball, not turning it over. Has that been a focus of yours, knowing you get these extra minutes? Yeah, I think that's been a focus for my uh, – since coming out of the draft, uh, knowing that a lot of people didn't know where my uh, IQ for has been a point guard, wanted to see me be – I show point guard, not just being a scoring guard. So that's been big for me, uh, just working on it every day. I think you had three fouls at the end of halftime. That's how you finished as well. How did you keep playing free when your opponent wants you in foul trouble? Uh, I think just growing up, I used to play with four fouls. So that's just always been something that I used to work off of. But also in college, I used to have to, have to play with four fouls. So just being able to show my hands and just try to Overshow, really overshow my hand so the ref can't really call the foul. So, I mean, sometimes being a real, you get you don't really get the call that that you like. So it's just just got to play through it. Sorry, I got here late. You may have already answered this, but uh, how much of a confidence boost is it when you're able to beat a team like the Blazers and they got a guy out there like Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum and 
Uh, it's big for us, not just for uh, just to build a team chemistry, just to prove that we're able to do things like this on any given night and just coming out uh, with the game plan and executing the place. So, yeah, confidence builder for the Warriors as they beat the Blazers and now uh, take it on the road as they'll take on the Rockets, the Timberwolves, and a rematch against the Oklahoma City Thunder who already drubbed the Warriors uh, going back uh, last week uh, in OKC. And hearing Kai Bowman talk there, uh, the more I think about it, the more I like your idea of starting D'Angelo Russell and Kai Bowman together in the backcourt. And what changed your tune a little Just bit Just hearing on him that. talk about, uh, you know, being a scoring guard, trying to prove that he's more than a scoring guard, hey, he should uh, compliment D'Angelo Russell's game. Other than defensively, that can work. I think you could put the ball in his hands, in Bowman's hands, and run things through him. I think you could put the ball in Russell's hands, and I think Bowman can just fit in. If the ball finds him, I, I like if, – if Russell does what Russell's got to do to get himself cooking and the ball finds Kai Bowman, I think Kai Bowman will know what to do with it, whereas Jordan Poole at this point is maybe just a little bit more unsure of what he needs to do with it. Put him back into more of a bench role and, and – you know, allow him to gain a little bit of confidence himself uh, doing it that way. And, you know, Warrior fans have been unsure about this year and still are. Who knows what's going to happen? But if you don't have a team that's going to win a championship, one of the next best things is to have a team that plays hard, uh, that is fun to watch. And Steve Kerr said it best tonight. He said, everybody gave us big minutes and, minutes, and this is a fun group to coach. They got contributions from everybody tonight. Of course, they only had nine players, but everybody chipped in uh, to a big, big upset win over the Blazers. Well, a special night and one I know Warriors fans will remember the first win at Chase Center. The Warriors get it done tonight over the Blazers, 127 to 118. That's going to do it for us. want to thank uh, Tim Jordan for setting us up out here at Chase Center and being with us all day long. For Jim Barnett, who joined us on Warriors Live, thanks to Alex Scott, Nash Solomon, Ryan Mouser in the uh, 95.7 The Game Studios. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. We'll talk to you on Wednesday afternoon as the Warriors will take on the Houston Rockets. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you listen to 95.7 The Game tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eric Paschal is joining Joe Lowe and Dibbs. Uh, fresh off his career-high 34.13 board performance. Good night, everybody.